This is County Fire Insight for Tuesday, September 12, 2023. Hey everybody, welcome to County Fire Insight. Thank you for joining. As always, we want to answer your questions and be interactive with you. So the email is displayed on the screen there. It's media at sbcfire.org. Or you can text the questions to 909-454-6338. It's 909-454-6338. We'll try to get to all the questions live. And then if uh, there's any additional questions that occur after this is taped, please send them. That'll go straight to the media specialist. They'll make sure that they're engaging with, with uh, our team and getting those answers back to you. First, I want to thank those that have stepped up and promoted in this department. Many of you that have come to admin, uh, Noah Beba Delgado, who's uh, at first, as you walked in the door, she was the receptionist that was greeting you. And now, most uh, often, she's with Cynthia and supporting Cynthia offer, excuse me, Otter with our administrative staff needs. So Inabeba, thank you very much for stepping up. We're very proud of you to see you promote. We stole two individuals from environmental health, and that's Catherine Gutierrez and Ruby uh, Guido uh, Viegas. So thank you both for joining us. We appreciate having your specialties over here to make our hazmat side of our fire department so much stronger. This weekend is the IFF Fallen Firefighter in Colorado Springs. And I want to thank the Honor Guard and our Pipes and Drums bands for being there and representing County Fire in a great way. Local 935, thank you for your leadership and making sure our membership is on the wall and continuing to honor them. This is a big weekend. I'll personally be there along with many members of our fire department. It's a solemn event, but it's also, it's, uh, it's important that we're there and we're honoring the losses that we've had. So thank you all for that. Uh, this morning at the Board of Supervisors meeting, the county announced that they do now have a permanent CEO, that is Luther Snoke, who previously was the interim. Previous to that, he was a county administrative officer. Those of you that know Luther will find out that, or, or be able to say that he's a very nice guy, and he's very knowledgeable in the way the county works. He's able to understand the processes. And more importantly, I think a lot of us would say that he knows how to knock down the bureaucracy and get things done. So we're really looking forward to Luther. Our initial conversations, matter of fact, years of conversations with him, I'll tell you right now that he's supportive of this fire department and at a very high level. Uh, we also see that engagement with the board. The board is in alignment with the CEO. They do want to find out new ways to support our fire department. We're excited for this change and we see a new future coming. So next I'm going to invite uh, Chief Scott Tuttle to give us an update. Hi, good afternoon, everybody. Um, wanted to talk a little bit about the staffing plan. It's been a few weeks that it's been in, in place, uh, so I wanted to give an update. Um, actually, before we get to, well, yeah, yeah, we'll start with that. Um, we'll start with staffing plan. So part of the staffing plan was the recruitment and promotion. So I don't want to take too much from Chief Garber's, uh, what he has to uh, present to everybody today, but uh, we are uh, moving forward as scheduled with both firefighter recruitments for Tower 17 and 18. Uh, Tower 17, the eight-week pre-tower development period, will start November 20th as um, it was scheduled. And then we have the next round of firefighter interviews for Tower 18 uh, coming up in the next couple weeks. But again, I'll let Chief, Jar Chief Garber go into the details on that. Uh, we have engineer testing coming up uh, next week, September 19th to the 21st. And we have 26 candidates for that test. So good numbers there. Uh, so everything's on track. Uh, another big part of it was the policy change and um, 
hopefully that reduces some force, hire, force hires. So uh, Captain Galt has been going daily through the Telestaff roster and compiling stats for us. Uh, so I just want to go over a few highlights. So the captains, uh, since this started on September 1st, the most captains force in one day was four. Uh, days with zero captain force hires was three. So three days uh, since we started, there's been no captain force hires. And days with just one captain force was five. So uh, pretty good numbers there. Um, the engineers are very similar. Um, firefighter paramedics, that has the most, which is interesting because that's probably the lowest percentage of vacancy is in that rank. So um, I would just encourage you guys uh, to you know, sign up, sign up on those days, uh, on your four days and eight days, um, sign up on the days in between. Really, I'd like to see people get away from working six days in a row. I think if you let the system work, you'll be able to work you know, two, three, four days max. And uh, if you pick your days, um, instead of just letting it get, go to force, you, you'll see a big difference. Uh, the firefighter EMTs, they're pretty healthy, so uh, they only had one, um, I'm sorry, the most in one day as ever is one. Uh, and then they've had nine of the last 12 days with zero force hires. Uh, AO paramedics are looking pretty good. The most in one day was four. Uh, days with zero was six. And then the e, uh, AO EMTs are similar. Most in one day was five. Uh, days with zero is two. But again, a lot of those guys are going, the guys and girls are going to paramedic school. So that impacts them. Um, so that's it for the staffing plan. I did want to bring up one other thing that kind of goes along with the staffing plan and, and the, the plan to promote uh, people into captain positions. So we've been using a program called SimuShare for the last several years, but we had kind of a limited access to it. We just got approval today at the Board of Supervisors meeting. Uh, they approved uh, the contract to go to the full um, program on that. So that will give us um, the ability to have over 2,000, well, 2,500 simulator scenarios will give us countywide access so that all stations, anybody who wants to do simulators can log on and practice. And then captains and BCs, you can do remote uh, you know, training with your crews. Uh, the BCs could get multiple stations together on the simulator and do a scenario. So uh, excited for that to come. It's still a few, few months out, I think, but we're, we're moving forward on that. So. That's all I have, and I'd be happy to answer any questions. Thank you. Thanks, Chief. Appreciate it. Well, the staffing plan was designed so nobody works over 100 hours without volunteering to do so. And I'm, you know, we've been engaging almost every day as a leadership team looking at those numbers and monitoring it. We understand how important it is to continue to hire, and we've got a ton of people in background. And I, I think that'll come up here in a second. But we're going to get it to the point where there is no force hires. That truly is our goal. Next, I want to ask Chief Washington to come up. Chief, there's some exciting developments that are occurring with the new fire stations, if you want to give us a briefing. Absolutely. Thank you, Chief. And uh, just before I do, uh, speaking of the board, the, uh, board meeting, we also had uh, an opportunity to witness the board ratify uh, a new MOU for the IUOE. And they represent our mechanics and our, where, our warehouse staff mostly. So uh, we're very happy to see uh, that they have a really good MOU. Uh, and so that should help us a great deal with our mechanic recruitment and staffing at our, where our warehouse. Uh, we also saw where the board approved uh, us to purchase land in Yucca, in a Yucca Valley. 
And so we could potentially use that land, and really that is our plan, to build new Fire Station 41. Uh, so we're really excited about that and appreciate support from the board to get those items done. Uh, and along those same lines with 226, the board went through uh, several different types of approvals before, and we are finally at the point where really effective 9-11 uh, ground was broken and the work was started of rebuilding our new station 226. So we're very excited about that. Uh, the official groundbreaking will be on the 19th, that's next Tuesday at 10 o'clock. Uh, we look forward to seeing some of you there. Uh, those that aren't able to make it, I'm sure our PIO team is going to do a great job capturing this activity. And so we're very fortunate to have not only our board, our board members there, uh, but we have Local 935, of course, the uh, chief. And then we have uh, partners from Sam, Man, uh, Sam Manuel that are also going to uh, be at that activity. So it's going to be uh, a really uh, big affair for us. We're looking forward to that. Uh, and just so you know, the, con the uh, contractors have about 365 days to complete this. Uh, so we expect this is going to move uh, very quickly. And, uh, and we expect that really they're going to do a great job. We have a lot of different pro processes in uh, place to hold them accountable uh, to do the things that we want them to uh, do. And so if you stop by 226, you'll see a rend rendition of what that station's going to look like. Uh, and you'll see work being done uh, you know, often throughout each and every week. So uh, be a little inconvenient uh, for this time being, but again, uh, we appreciate uh, your uh, patience and also working with us to uh, allow the, con the uh, contractors to do what they need to do. So uh, also 227 is something we've been working really hard on. With 227, uh, we had a meeting, as a matter of fact, just a couple weeks ago, where we met with the staff at Arrowhead Elementary School uh, just to make sure that we were sensitive to their needs, get their thoughts, get their feedback of what they uh, wanna see and what kind of partner we can be with them uh, on that school campus. And so that went very, very well. The staff had some really good, uh, tough questions, uh, but along with Chief Cerna and staff from Supervisor Baca's office, as well as the school district, we were able to answer all of their questions in a satisfactory way. And, uh, and they're on board and uh, really excited about what we're talking about doing there. Uh, we host, next we host a, a community town hall meeting, which is this Thursday. Uh, that meeting is going to start at 4.30 and we'll be there until the early evening uh, making sure that the parents and the people in the community are comfortable with what we're doing. And then we expect for this process to move very quickly uh, on the heels of hopefully what that will be very successful town hall meeting. Uh, next, I want to talk a little bit about vehicle services uh, and really just uh, just speak a little bit about the great job that, that they're doing there. Uh, but first, I'll just share with you that uh, between Dale, Chief Pullen, and Chief Wooters, Wooters uh, they've done a really good job of uh, bringing the apparatus committee back, back together. And uh, we're looking forward to the great work that they're going to do um, in the days and weeks and months and years ahead. Uh, also, as I mentioned, we have that new IUOE MOU, and uh, we have four mechanics that are expected to start uh, early next month. So we're really excited about that. 
and, uh, and we'll get those positions filled. Uh, also, we have Medic Truck 224 that just com completed its final in, in uh, inspection. Uh, so thanks to Dale and the team for getting that work done. Uh, by sometime in the next week or, or two, we, ex we expect for that truck to arrive here in Southern California with our vendor who's gonna go through another inspection, make sure they get the dust knocked off and the oils changed uh, and other fluids changed uh, as it has made that uh, long travel. And then it'll go into the mechanic's hands to start with the uh, upfitting. And so we're really excited about this truck, great feedback from it. Uh, you know, Dale and team says that uh, it's in fantastic shape. So we're really looking forward to getting that in service. You know, we know this is probably gonna take, you know, I don't know, maybe 60 to 90 days, uh, but the team is working real hard to get it done as quickly as possible. Uh, also, I'd like to give thanks to uh, Chief Pullen. Um, again, we had a great turnout for those that were interested in the assistant chief and division chief re re recruitment, uh, but Chief Pullen uh, accepted the, uh, the offer and uh, we're really excited to have him here and at, at, at administration kind of just helping us with all the things that we need to get done here. Uh, so congratulations to him as our division chief of administration. Uh, just so you know, he will be uh, providing support for uh, management information systems. So he'll be working closely with Yvonne and her uh, team. He'll also be working with Alicia Berry and the payroll team. Uh, he'll be working with this PIO team who uh, amazes me every time we do these in insights. And, uh, and, and then he'll be working with kind of a new team that we're putting together, an analyst team, or there'll be a management analyst who is scheduled to start in about another 30 days, and then the staff analyst too, Melissa, who's on board now. And so uh, he'll be working closely with all those groups, and if you have any questions regarding that, uh, he'll be right there to help you out. Uh, he's also liaisoning with risk management and PFMD, and so um, uh, he's certainly our go-to person there. And with that, Chief, I think that's all I have. I'll just uh, I'll talk a little bit about Josh. He's he's doing some cool, some very cool things. He's uh, working on tying in payroll with Chronos, uh, so it's a little more streamlined. He's working very closely with the payroll team, who's doing a great job. Uh, remarkably, a much better job than where we were a couple of years ago. So thank you, team, for that. But working with them and Emacs and making sure we're closing the gaps. But Josh has stepped in and just filled the void and uh, hit the ground running, it's just doing an amazing job. At, at times, I sneak over into Chief Washington's lane and I give Josh special projects. I want to talk about one of those real quick. We've asked Josh if he would lead a team of individuals back to the Texas Teeks A&M, Texas A&M Teeks Leadership Symposium at the, uh, at the end of the year here. Josh is gonna be sending out some information and what our goal is to take one person from each division so that'll be our geographical division, it's our suppression, but it'll also be the warehouse, vehicle services, human resources, uh, OFM, Coupa. There's a whole bunch of different people. We want to make this a tradition where we're going back and we're studying leadership together. Leadership training is important to this organization. Over the last year and a half, the executive chiefs, uh, so the assistant chiefs, well, fire chief on down really to uh, select battalion chiefs have been going to training provided by Cal Baptist. Next week, our leadership team is going on a leadership retreat to really 
uh, study leadership and how can we serve you better. Uh, to put a people focus leadership philosophy into this organization, which I think we're really good at, but we can continue to do better. So with Josh, he's going to focus on taking a couple of battalion chiefs and then company officers, managers, supervisors down and taking them back each year. And then I've asked Chief Garber, who I'm going to ask to come up in just a moment here, to start providing leadership training in our fire attack. So we've uh, selected the Marine Corps leadership traits and principles. The reason why that's important is that the Marine Corps starts teaching these traits and principles from day one with the idea of let's teach personal leadership to the soldiers and then allow anybody at any rank to lead. And that really makes a lot of sense for County Fire. That's who we are. That's who we've always been in that we uh, will let a firefighter step up and do amazing things like Robert Stein or when James Salazar was starting to come up the ranks. We have stories and stories about that. So we want to support you on our leadership journey. Ask your division chief, assistant chief, battalion chiefs what books they're reading. There's a lot of books that are being passed around right now in our leadership team that are really good and we want to make sure you're exposed to them too. So if you need a reading list, just shoot them an email and I'm sure that they'd be happy to share some of those with you. John, you want to come up with me? Good afternoon, everybody, and thanks for joining us today. So I'm going to run over some of the upcoming Tower 17 and 18 stats. So we have 52 of the 90 that came into the process are going to be moving on to the psych and medical, and that's what they're going through right now. So 38 of those, some of the people left over, are going to be moving on to Tower 18 and become part of that process. Tower 18, we have 150 individuals moving on to the interview process, which will be the week of October 2nd. Um, and from there, we'll establish our list for, for Tower 18. So some of the dates that, that we want to hit and get you into your guys' minds is Tower 17, the mentor uh, part of that, the eight weeks prior to the 10 of the tower, will start on November 20th. And then the actual tower will start on January 15th, and that tower will graduate on March 22nd. And then talking about Tower 18, they'll start their mentorship on the 26th of February, start in the tower at RSTC on April 22nd, and then graduate on June 21st. So a little bit of the structure of Tower 17 and 18. We're doing a little bit different, and we're working on that schedule right now. But it's going to be that, that eight-week development process where they'll be assigned to a station and a captain, where their main goal is to be out there and learn the culture and prep for the tower. Once they get through the eight weeks, they'll be coming into the tower just like before. That'll be 10 weeks of ALA process where they'll go through everything that we had in the past with those towers. Some of the stuff with training, moving on to that, um, we're transitioning the training officers back to training. Um, and then later on, we'll bring in the recruitment and retention officers. Um, we're working on the Tower 17 and 18 prep, which has to do with the schedule, prepping the drill grounds, ordering supplies and books. Um, probationary testing for 15 and 16 is actually happening right now as we speak and throughout this month. Um, and we're also having people from medic school come back, so we're having to transition them back in and get them tested. Um, one cool thing to see, uh, Dan Nascar sent out an email. We're going to be sending out our forcible entry door. And it's going to be going to division to division. It's going to be there about two weeks. You'll be able to look at that email and see what station it will be at so you guys can go over there and do some training. And with that, that's it for me. Thank you. Thanks, Chief.
appreciate it. And as a reminder, we're taking questions right now. I think we only have a couple of them. Uh, one that was just given us is what is the status of the air rescue program? Um, succinctly is that the program is being maintained, 40 hours being staffed uh, continually with Captain Hausen and Engineer Demoff. They're doing a wonderful job, great relationships with the sheriff's there. As a matter of fact, the sheriff has asked County Fire to expand that program. So what we like to do is go 24 hours, seven days a week, three different shifts, two members each. Um, I have a proposal that I've given to the CEO of the county that requests to have the county fund this program. So one of our philosophies is we want to have more program-based budgeting, uh, more programs that are uh, clearly identified as to a cost, and then ask the county or somebody else to pay for it. We need to use our dollars and cents that we have here to pay for more firefighters, more fire engines, more fire stations, and the support that's required for that. So that proposal is at the CEO's office. The sheriff is really pushing it. It seems like the board has interest in doing this. And so I do believe that we're gonna to move to a 24 hour, seven day system. Now, when is this gonna happen? I'm not sure. We're at the county timeline right now, but we'll make sure that we're updating you as we move along. Is there any other questions, Beth? No further questions. All right. I want to thank Confire for all the work that they've been doing. There was uh, two emergency communication nurses that were hired ECNS, for the ECNS program. And these RNs will be taking a portion of the calls on a full-time basis and taking them out of the 911 system, which will reduce some of the more nuisance calls that we have, the calls that aren't likely to lead towards transport. So Chief Cook's doing a great job with his leadership over there, getting this program solidified. We've been in pilot stage for a long time. I want to thank our county fire nurses for being over there and really keeping that program afloat as CONFIRE looked for ways to hire those RNs. Um, this is also a great example of using a program-based budgeting approach in that county fire is not paying for these nurses, CONFIRE is not paying for these nurses, the county of San Bernardino is paying for these nurses, which again allows us to put our dollars where it needs to be to get in alignment. No more questions? That's it. All right, as always, we're here for you. Please send us any questions or email if anything comes up. Chiefs, I want to thank you for your time. And uh, you'll be receiving more additional communication for our next educational opportunity, which is Teak's Leadership Symposium from Chief Poland. Have a great week. This has been County Fire Insight for Tuesday, September 12, 2023.